Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. If you'll open with me in John chapter 21, we're going to read from verses 15. This story is the beginning of Jesus Christ appearing to his own the third time. And verses 15 begins at the dining table. My Lord loved to eat. The Bible says, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? And he said unto him, Yeah, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my lambs. And then he said unto him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Yeah, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. And he said unto him, Feed my sheep. And he said, the 17th verse, and he said unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? And Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things, and thou knowest that I love thee, because Jesus said unto him, and then Jesus said unto him, Feed my sheep. And the next verse says, it says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, that when thou wast young, thou guardest thyself, and walkest with the wawashata. He says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, that when thou wast young, thou guardest thyself, and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thine hands, and another shall guard thee, and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. The Bible says, This spake he, signifying by what death he should glorify God. And then when he spoke this, he said unto him, Follow me. And the Bible says, And then Peter turning about, says thou the disciple whom Jesus loved, following, which also leaned on his breast at supper and said, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? Peter seeing him that said to Jesus, Lord, what shall this man do? Jesus said unto him, if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? He told him again, follow me. Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. This is one of the most revealing scriptures pertaining love. Somebody shout hallelujah. It's one of the most revealing scriptures pertaining love. Now, you know Jesus has appeared to his own and he's with a man called Peter. If you are a reader of the Bible, you know Peter was one of Jesus' favorite people. Jesus loved Peter. If you're a reader of the Bible, you'll know that Peter was a foundational pillar of the gospel. In Galatians, Paul says when Cephas, which is Peter, John and James, so which were the pillars, which seemed to be the pillars, perceived the grace of God that was given unto me and to the what? The uncircumcised that he was to them, to the circumcised, they gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship. Peter was a pillar in the gospel. Somebody shout hallelujah. He was among the first followers of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Peter loved the Lord. He loved the Lord. Peter also, before he's called Peter or Cephas, he was Simon Bajona. 
the son of Jonah, right? And foundationally, again, he's a very integral part of the gospel because he is the revelation of the foundation of the church. Remember, Jesus comes to them and he asks them, who do they say I am? And they say, oh, some say that you're John the Baptist. Some say that you're Elias. Others say that you're Jeremiah and of the prophets. And he says, but who do you think that I am? And what does Peter say? The Bible says, Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And what did Jesus tell him? He told him, flesh and blood revealed this not unto you, but my father which is in heaven. And he told him, and from today on, you're not Simon anymore, but you are Simon Peter, the rock. And he says, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Simon had a big, 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 big responsibility in what you and I understand as the foundation of the church of Jesus Christ. And what was the foundation? The revelation by the father of the person of Jesus that's the foundation of the church. He said, on this rock, I will build my church. Which rock? The rock of revelation of the person of Jesus Christ by the Father. That's the foundation of the gospel. That's the foundation of the church. The church is nothing if Christ is not a revelation. If the Father is not a revelation. If Christ is not a revelation to you by the Father. Somebody shout hallelujah. Jesus is not just a good story. He is a revelation. Somebody say Jesus is a revelation. Shout again and say Jesus is a revelation. That was Simon. Peter. You know that he was a man of faith. You know it. One time Jesus is, you know, and then they see him walking on water. And who was the first guy to raise faith? While the rest of them are staying in the body, told him if this be you, bid me that I come. And what happens? The scriptures are clear. He told him, come. And much as many people emphasize the drowning of the fellow, many people don't know that there were certain steps that Peter made on water. Oh, that guy was a celebrity. Somebody shout hallelujah. Peter walked on water. He was not an average fellow. No. Many of you haven't done it. But Peter walked on water. Somebody shout Hallelujah. That was Peter. That was Peter. That was Peter. When Jesus tells them, one of you is about to betray me, who was the first guy to come up? Peter is like, who? Huh? Mention him now. Just. He was the fighter. He was the guy ready to fight for the Christ. You, you understand what I'm saying? He, he could do anything for Jesus. Anything. 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 You remember when they come to attack who? Jesus. Peter is the only guy with a sword. You ask yourself, how did he keep one? He suspected. Scary was told they are going to pick the guy. He said, uh huh, I better be ready. The rest of the guys are just no more watching. Funny guys. Are you hearing me? But you know what Peter does? He gets himself a knife and he says, the moment they touch this dude, we are dying together. Slices the guy's ear. He doesn't even consider that they are men with sword and spear. They are dressed with armory. The guy only has a sword. At least you, you know those guys who say, I would rather die with one guy? That was Peter. For the Lord, the guy loved God. But Peter, like many of us here, had another revelation of love. 
he had another revelation of love. And this is how you know it. He tells him, not only am I ready to follow you, but I'm also ready to die with you and for you. And Jesus looking through him, he realizes, oh, even though Peter can do all this and he is able to do all this, and I know he could do, but his revelation of love is limited. He tells him, Peter, before the cock crows three times, you'll have denied me. Peter says, what? I can't. You don't know me. How? How can I deny you? Are you hearing me? That was Peter. Now the death, resurrection of Jesus comes through. He appears the third time. And now we go to John. And now we study the Hebrew. You all know. And the Greek. That there are four kinds of love, right? Stoge for friendship, right? Eros for passion. Agape, which is the love of God, and phileo, the brotherly love, or the love a father has for their child. That's what, phileo. Do you love me? <laughs> Jesus is asking. <laughs> Praise God. Now listen. Now I want you to listen to this, because now the mystery changes. When you read the Greek language, this is how it sounds like. So when they were dining, Jesus said unto Simon Peter, son of Jonah, Agapeest thou me? Do you agape me? And then Peter said, You know that I phileo you. You read the Greek, it's amazing. And he said unto him, Feed my lambs. The second time he asked him, Do you agape me? And Peter said, Yes, thou knowest that I phileo thee. And he said him, feed my sheep. And the third time Jesus asked Peter, Peter, do you phileo me? And he says, I phileo you. And he told him, feed my sheep. And he stopped talking. That means the first two times Jesus is talking about agape, he realizes Peter does not understand agape. The third time he goes to his level and asks him, do you phileo me? And he says, yes, I phileo you. And he tells him, feed my sheep. That was not what Jesus wanted to tell Peter. That was not what Jesus wanted to tell Peter. If Peter said, I agape you, Jesus' message to Peter would be different. But he tells him, do you agape me? Yes. I agape you. Oh, I feel like you. He says, oh, okay, feed my sheep. Do you agape me? Yes, I feel like you. Feed my sheep. Okay, let's go to your phileo. Do you feel like me? Yes, I feel like you. Feed my sheep. He ends there. But that was not what God wanted to tell Peter. There was an instruction Jesus wanted to give Peter based on agape. But Peter could only receive the instruction of Phileo. Who is following what I'm saying? There was an instruction. It was very clear. Very, very clear. That's why you go down and the scriptures tell you Peter turning about, he sees the disciple whom Jesus agape following him. And you see six times in the gospel of John, six times the word, the disciple whom Jesus loved. It is six times in the gospel of John, the writer John is the one whom Jesus loves, agape is. That means there was a man conscious of his phileo for the master, but there was another man also conscious of his agape for the master. In fact, the master's agape for him. Who is following what I'm saying? 
No wonder he's the writer of the letters, the three letters, one to John, one and two and three, and then the book of Revelation. No wonder he's the writer of the book of Revelation. He's the writer, I repeat again, of the book of Revelation. Somebody shout hallelujah. So the spirit of the Lord kept driving me to tell me, look, what if Peter understood agape and the master asks him, do you agape me? And he says, I agape you. What was going to be the instruction to the man who understands agape? Ultimate question. We still go to the man who understood agape. There is nobody in the New Testament who reveals the mind of God concerning agape like John. That is why John is always boasting. I am the disciple whom Jesus loved. I am the disciple whom Jesus loved. In his gospels, I'm the disciple whom Jesus loved. Matthew doesn't say it. Mark doesn't say it. Luke doesn't say it. Peter doesn't understand it. But when John gets there, I'm the disciple whom Jesus loved. That's why when you get in the letter of John, second letter of John, third letter of John, you see the things. For we know that the, the kind of love that God has bestowed in us. Meaning that he has... Uh, considered us and counted us to be sons. You know that if he that loveth the brother, the Bible says, he abideth in light. You, he talks about agape. Every time you see love in the letters of John 1, John 2, John 3, he's always talking about agape, not phileo. Because he understood phileo and understood agape and related with agape. He received the instruction of a man under agape. And I'm going to prove that. Who is understanding what I'm saying? Do you agape me? I phileo you. Phileo can cause a man to give his life for you. Phileo can cause a man to fight for you. Phileo can cause a man to wait on you. Phileo can cause a man to serve you. Phileo can cause a man to do all of those things that you see on the Christ. But it's limited in Revelation. And it deters a man of the full instruction from the Father. That's what Peter missed. Peter stayed in Phileo while the Christ was still talking about agape, which is the love of God. And mark you, agape is a Greek word. There is a deeper understanding in Hebrew. This is a pagan language trying to explain a spiritual language. You realize that it's deeper than the Greek calls agape. But agape is the only way we can give understanding to those that must understand that it is the highest form of love. The very love with which God loves. Somebody shout hallelujah. Now let me show you a mystery. Now we go to the disciple whom Jesus loved. In John chapter 19. At the cross, when they were going to crucify, when they crucified Jesus, the Bible says John was present, the guy who understood agape. And one of the most powerful things happened there. In the 26th verse, the Bible says when Jesus saw his mother and the disciple by whom he loved, he said unto his mother, woman, behold thy son. And then saith he unto the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her into his own house. Again, it's in the gospel of John. Jesus had a very deep relationship with John to the intent that at the cross, he didn't hand his mother over to the brothers. He didn't hand his mother over to the relatives. 
he handed his own mother to John. And he told him, look after my mother. That very day, Mary went into John's house. Don't think that Jesus was blind to entrust such a treasure to John and not Peter. And not any other apostle. Not even his own blood brothers who had a responsibility, due responsibility to their mother. Because in Hebrew culture, the first son had the right to give over those rights in the events when he was going for war with the thought that maybe if he comes back, he should entrust with someone he knows understands him most. Who has understood what I just said? It was Hebrew culture that when a son was going to war, oh, and was going to die, and he knew that he was going to die earlier than his mother, he was to entrust his mother and the responsibility of the family to someone who he knows understands him most. Somebody shout hallelujah. That is why if you remember the, at the resurrection, if you recall very well, Jesus comes to them after they were fishing. You remember? Then he asks them, have you had any? They had not caught anything the whole night. You remember the scripture? He tells them, go cast your nets. And what do they do? They cast their nets. And when they cast their nets, the scriptures tell us they get a whole what? Net full catch that even their ships or, or, or boats almost sank. If you recall, Peter and John are on the same boat. It was the moment the fish filled. John turns to Peter and he tells him, it is the Lord. This is the Lord. It must be the Lord. It was easy for the Lord to be revealed to John. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. And what happens? Immediately, Phileo, Simon Peter, he gets off the boat and runs so fast. I mean, Peter loved Jesus. But he filled him. Even when they are called at the tomb, Peter was the first to run. But the Bible says John overran him. Why? There is something... Agape does to a man who has understood God in that revelation. You see, when the Bible says in, in Revelations 2.17 of the hidden manner that he gives them that have overcome. Some of you don't know that when you understand agape, you get the freshest stuff. You get the things men have not seen. You receive things that are not in books. They are not. Somebody receive it. You receive things that are not on TV. They're not on CD. They're not in a book. Why? Because he's revealed to you in a copy. In 1 John chapter 4 verses 8, he says, to help them understand. He says, he that agapeth not, knoweth not God. For God is agape. Next verse. In this was manifested the agape of God toward us. Because that God sent his only begotten son into the world. That we might live through him. And the next verse says. Herein is agape. Not that we loved God. But that he loved us. Now do you understand why he calls himself the disciple whom Jesus loved? He's not looking at how much he loves God. No, he is looking at how much God loves him. He's not so much of the response of how much he expects. 
expresses love. No, he's on the side of how much God has expressed his love toward him. He says, herein is agape. Not that we love God, but that we he loved us. That, not, that, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation of our sins. It's not important how much you love him. It's important how much he loves you. And because you understand how much he loves you, you respond to his love. If you're not responding to agape, you can only love him by phileo. Agape begins with him because he is agape. Agape is not an act. Agape is the person of God. Elohim. If you have not understood him, you cannot love like him. When you see people fighting each other and then doing things to each other, they don't know God. They don't know God. When you see people misunderstanding and then they wage wars on each other and then, oh, you want to revenge to this sister who did this. You, they don't know God. When you see blackmail, gossip, slant, they don't know God. Their problem is not anger. No, they just don't know God. When you get to the revelation of who Jehovah God is and you understand him for who he is, agape, the agape of God has been shed abroad in our hearts through the Holy Spirit. When you receive the Holy Spirit, you become an agape person. You become a lover, both of God and man. You became a lover, both of God and man. That is where the power is. That is where the power is. That is where the power is. Tell your neighbor, that is where the power is. I'm explaining love. The breadth, the length, the width, the what? The height of God's love. He says that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love. He says you may be able to comprehend with all the saints. What is the breadth, the length, the depth and the height of God. And he says that you may really come to know practically through experience for yourself. The agape of Christ. Which first surpasses mere knowledge without experience. That you might be filled. The Bible says through all your being and to all the fullness of God. The Bible is very clear. All the fullness of God. When a man understands agape, you're filled with all the fullness of God. All the fullness of God. And he says that you may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. You walk with God. They look at you and they see God. But he's in the revelation of agape. Some trade foolish fights for this power. How naive, how weak, how ignorant, how deceived. Some trade the anointing and glory. Some of you, the reason why there is no peace in your home, you don't walk in agape. Some of you, the reason why you walk under a cloud of death, you don't walk in agape. Some of you, you're believing God for things that will never be seen with your physical eye, yet they exist eternally for you in the metaphysical because you don't understand agape. You don't understand agape. You don't understand it. You don't understand it. 
you don't understand it. That's why I tell people that when you walk out of love, you die. Because you become carnal. And to be carnal minded, the Bible says, is death. It's death. You attract the death of your finances, the death of your relationships, the death pastors of your ministries. Because you cannot walk in agape. The death of your businesses. Because you cannot walk in agape. And you think somebody will just pronounce a special word on you. Somebody shout hallelujah. So I asked the Lord. What would you have told Peter? What instruction would you have told Peter? If he said I agape you. First John chapter 2. Verses 5. The Bible says. But whoso, listen, keepeth his word. Underline that. In him verily is the agape of God perfected. That means a man who is perfected in the love of God, he keepeth the word of God. He tendeth the word of God. He cares the word of God. And hereby the Bible says, know we that we are in him. Somebody shout hallelujah. And the next verse says, he that saith he abideth in him, ought also himself to walk, even as he walked. Did you see that? Now, therein is the answer. If Peter said, I agape you, Jesus would tell him, keep my word. But because Peter understood Phileo, he told him, keep my sheep. This is the perfection. Oh, this is the perfection of agape. Don't you see that? Again, whosoever keepeth the logos, he says, in him verily is the agape of God perfected. Did you see that? So if Peter was perfected in agape, and Jesus asks Peter, do you agape me? And Peter says, I agape you. He'll tell him, keep my word. But when he's asking him, do you agape me? Peter is saying, I phileo you. Okay, keep the sheep. Because that's what is expected in the realm of phileo. Brotherly love. Because phileo concerns the lives of men. God is not watering down the power and responsibility of reaching souls and winning them for Christ. No, he's saying there is a deeper thing. When you have that thing, phileo is obvious, eros is obvious, stoge is obvious. All these other kinds of love are hemmed in this one love, God, because he is love. If you don't know agape, you don't know eros. You can't be passionate. You can't love your wife. You can't love your husband. You can't. You can't. If agape is not a revelation. You cannot love your immediate neighbor. Agape is the beginning. When you know the love by which God loves you. Men, husbands, love your wives. Oh, even as Christ has loved the church. Even as Christ has agaped the church. <laughs> Praise God. But you understand what I'm saying? If it doesn't begin up here. Even this thing, that's why 
Sometimes I laugh when somebody says, that person was my friend, and then they did this to me, and then, and then they're no longer, are you looking at yourself? Oh, wait, Agape, wait. Are you talking of friend from Agape first? Oh, are you talking of friend minus Agape? How come your friend has become your enemy? How come now you want to kill the very person you love? Was it love? Do you understand what I'm saying? How come now you wish damnation on the person you once liked as a friend? How come now you wish bad for the woman or man you married? Where did it begin from? Did, did it begin from agape? And somehow got convoluted down here and become confused, mixed, and become funny enough that it would become hatred and anger? Do you understand what I'm saying? Love is not a feeling. Agape is a revelation. He's the person of God. If Peter agape God, if Peter agape Jesus, Jesus would tell him, keep my word. But if we are in Phileo, feed my sheep. If we are in Eros, love your spouse. You understand? If we are in Stoge, it's also very clear. Love your neighbor as thyself. He was clear. Somebody shout hallelujah. Now let's go deep in the perfection of agape. Let's talk about the keeping of his word. Let's understand what it means to keep his word. The word there for keeping also translates as tender. Pay careful attention. Incline and give yourself to my word. You can win souls, Phileo, but yet not walk in agape. But yet you attend to the word of God lightly. You esteem it like it is no more things. You read it when you want. When you don't want, you read it. You don't read it. They read it for you on Thursday. You don't take time to read it during the week. You come when you have problems for deliverance. Then they cast them out. Then you go back. You can live that kind of life. But yet win souls. But yet what the salvation of your mother and your father and your best friend and your husband and wife. Don't confuse these two. We're talking about the keeping of the word. The perfection of agape. First John chapter 4. Now let's go to verse 17. Herein, the Bible says, is our agape made perfect. This is the perfection of agape. To the end that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. The Greek word there is crisis. Boldness in the day of crisis. He says, because as he is, so are we. He didn't say as he, he is, so will you be. That's late. He didn't say, oh, did you hear what I just said? He didn't say for as he is, so will you be. Or shall you be. No. He says because as he is, so are we. Somebody shout hallelujah. Crisis. The Greek word is the day of judgment. And the word there for crisis it's translated as crisis is accusation, the day of accusation. 
You know the accuser of, of the brethren. Who is that? The day Satan accuses you. Will you be bold? Or will you flinch and draw back? Oh, I deserve this. I should die. Satan is right. I did this. You understand? In the day of condemnation. Are you bold? Or will you kill yourself, Judah? Later when you study the life of Peter, he understood Agape. That's why he didn't commit suicide. He knew that much as I might mess up on this guy, he loves me. When I go back, he will accept me. That's why he tells him, grow ye in grace. And in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Paul speaks those things. They are hard. But grow in the grace. I've understood. Paul, Peter understood Agape way later. But he came to the understanding of Agape. No wonder. He was crucified with our Lord. Like our Lord. Do you understand what I'm saying? But let's leave Peter. Come back to you. Are you bold in the day of accusation? Are you bold in the day of condemnation? The other word for crisis is in the day of damnation. The death things come and hit you. The death things try you. Like as if you're a, you're a person under a castle. You're like as if somebody they bewitched. Do you understand? When, when things go the other way. When things come against you and hit you so hard. What do you do? Do you draw back? Do you give up? Do you give in? Do you faint? Do you stop going to church because things are not working the way you want? Oh, you feel it, oh Jesus. You have not yet understood agape. Herein is the perfection of agape. When things hit you, you are bold. Are you hearing me? When you go through condemnation, you are bold. He's not saying you're celebrating your sin. He's saying you know you made wrong. You know that you'll stand through. You know that you're, right, you're the righteousness of God in Christ. You know that that sin does not define you. You, you. you don't feel intimidated because you're not like the other holy sister. Listen, before God, before God, you're not of any advantage to any believer. Except if you're fallen from grace. And what is falling from grace? If you seek justification of the law. He says he that seeketh justification of the law. Is fallen from grace. Listen. We are not proud when we mess up. But also. God has not called us to cut ourselves. Because we messed up. You're not proud that you messed up. But also God has not called you to go and punish yourself. Throw yourself off, off, off the building and then die. You understand? Eh? All out, you know there are also people who will hold you on that. Eh? And forever you're going to look like the worst thing in the world. Look at that one. She did this last week. Hey, tell them, listen, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Yes, I know I messed up. I made a mistake, but I'm not a mistake. Why? He still loves me. He says, for I'm persuaded. 
we are persuaded. He says, nothing, 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 nothing. He says, shall separate us. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. He didn't even talk about your past. Because it's, it's, it's inconsequential. No height, no depth, no any other creature shall be able to separate us from the agape of God, which is in Jesus Christ. I know you messed up. But don't let someone make you think that you're the least advantaged you're the worst thing in the world they can't talk to you you're dirty you're not worthy of anything you're not worthy of joy you're not worthy of happiness you're not worthy of victory because you messed up in 1972 everything in your life is going to die accuser of the brethren I rebuke you in the mighty name of Jesus he that began a good work in you he shall see to accomplishment to the day of Christ he's the author and the finisher of your faith he, he did not get shocked no he knew but the Bible says he has devised means for his banished that they be not cast out he devises means for his banished not to be cast out. We are not proud of sin. And if you're here, and by the sermon I've preached, you're going to walk out and do more, you're foolish. You're hopeless. No one born of God, deliberately, habitually, continually, sins. Because the divine sperm is inside you. Bavubuka, self-control. Hey! Somebody said hallelujah. But, now I'm talking of your past. Okay, you messed up. Uh-huh, so. Clean yourself with the word of God. Wash yourself with the blood of Jesus. And move on. And don't let any other nonsense open its mouth on you. To disqualify you. Because it's not the one that qualified you. Satan I rebuke you. In the name of Jesus. In the day of accusation. In the day of condemnation. He says have boldness. Some people think boldness. Is the absence of godly sorrow. No. We are sorrowful after the God kind. But we are also bold because we know, Satan, you won't hold us on 1976. God holds our future. Did you understand what I just said? You know there are people, you messed up so bad, you've never forgiven yourself. You've never, you, you are still lashing yourself. You're still biting yourself. You're still cutting your skin. You're still doing things to yourself because you messed up long ago. And every time the devil puts a guilty stain on you, you hold back the blessing of God upon your life. Because guess what? We are not sufficient. No man here qualifies. Our qualifier is faith. You foolish Galatians. Who bewitched you? He asks them. 
that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was crucified and evidently set forth crucified among you. And he asks them the question. This I would like to know of you. I think it's in verse 3. Received ye the spirit. Received ye the spirit. How did you receive the spirit? Did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Do you hear that worketh miracles among you? Does it do it by the works of the law or by hearing of the faith? He does it by the hearing of faith. And believe me, if God began you, he will finish you. There are some people who might come in the middle to help God. And even end you before God ends you. But there is a reason why you are still alive in 2019. God still says I believe in you. I will wash you. I will cleanse you. Banangi. There is nothing as beautiful. As looking at yourself. And you remember that in this area. I had no self control. Then you look at yourself and you say. What is happening to me? Do I have a witness? And you know it is not in your doing. It's not in your ability. It's not in your strength. But Jehovah God is inside there. Saying I will get you out. I will wash you. I will cleanse you. I will sanctify you. And I will make you better. God let those who want to stay in your past. Tell your neighbor I have a future. And it is solid in Christ. Because I'm a seed of agape. Day of crisis. Somebody shout hallelujah. What do you do in the days of accusation? Oh, I deserve it. I die. What do you do in the day when the devil condemns you? Become bolder. Because you know who you are. And you know that that's a temporary thing. It does not define you. You're better than it. You will come out and you have already come out in the mighty name of Jesus. I'm trying to simply tell you, forget your past and don't ever let anybody open their mouth on you concerning your past because it's not your present. It's not your future. And you're a child of God. You don't celebrate it if it wasn't godly. But you know, we also have people who hold others like that. You, you did this last week. <laughs> Praise God. Somebody shout hallelujah. That's why some of us will preach the grace gospel for the rest of our lives. Because we have evidently seen the change in the lives of people. One time a young man came. I'll never forget that day. He told me, Apostle Grace, you don't know what you did in my life. Asked him why. Me. The moment I would see a woman. So I asked him, uh-huh. what happened? Now I see them and they post like stick girls in books. You remember those stick girls? We used to drain us. They post like stick girls. I said, this is deliverance. This is the power of God unto salvation <laughs> to the Jew and to the Gentile. Who saw the sun sets free? But try to set yourself free. Just try. Somebody shout hallelujah. But I also want to go deeper in the day of crisis. When trouble comes. When they tell you you no longer have a job. 
when they tell you this relationship is over. When they tell you you've been denied the visa. When they tell you you have a deadly disease in your life and you have days to leave. When crisis hits your door and they tell you your child is on drugs. This is dead. Your business has collapsed. You have a few weeks to having nothing. What do you do? That's how you know a man who has been established in agape. First John chapter 4 verses 18 tells you. He says, there is no fear in agape. Who am I talking to? He says, there is no fear in agape. Regardless of how bad news you get, the first thing you refuse to do is fear. For he says, but perfect agape casteth out all fear. Give me the amplified of that. He says, there is no fear in agape. Dread does not exist. Tell your neighbor, dread does not exist. Tell him again, dread does not exist. It doesn't. Have you ever been in a situation that you don't fear? That it even scares you that you don't fear. Somebody shout hallelujah. Tell your neighbor I'm bold. In the mighty name of Jesus. Yes. You get the worst news and look at the doctor in the eyes and say. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm more than a conqueror. It won't kill me. It will not kill me. This is not the end of me. This is not the end of my child. This is not the end of my ministry. This is not the end of my life. It's not the end of my career. It's all. What am I going to do? They fired me. Where will I eat? How will I sleep? Who will help now my children? My, no. Boldness. Because you know who holds you. You know who is for you. You know who loves you. And you know very well what he's able to do. If you're bold, you keep his word. You keep his word. Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah, somebody. He says, there is no dread. It does not exist. But full-grown, complete, perfect agape. Listen, it turns fear out of doors and expels every trace of terror. For fear brings with it the thought of punishment. And so he who is what? Afraid has not reached the full maturity of agape. He's not yet grown into agape's complete perfection. Because fear comes with the thought of punishment. And as a man thinketh, so he is. If you expect punishment, what happens? You get it. Chikulia. Somebody said hallelujah. Somebody said, hallelujah. What am I trying to tell you? No wonder Peter was always afraid. He's the one that walks with Jesus. No, 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 no. I don't know the man. That was fear. That was fear. But Phileo was present. But Agape wasn't. Even if they love you, they can deny you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because 
Phileo is present, but agape is not. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's why Peter feared to say, I know the man, I serve the man. Yet he could fight for him. He was not yet perfected in agape, but he was a man full of phileo. And God tells you, the proof that you have matured in agape, you stop to fear. Apostle, you, you don't understand. <laughs> but the word I'm preaching understands. The God I'm telling you understands. I don't care how dangerous it is. Refuse to be afraid. Refuse to dread. Refuse terror. He said, for you shall not be afraid of the terror. When terror comes, you will not look, lose appetite. No. If you lose it as a man, it's just minutes. And the next moment, you're up like nothing ever happened. That's a man who knows God. Somebody shout hallelujah. You have to be ready for the worst news in the world possible to be turned. If it's in your life. Hallelujah, somebody. Somebody shout hallelujah. Do you agape me? Jesus is asking. Do you agape me? In other words, do you know how much I love you? And are you responding to how much I love you? There are things I know can never happen to Grace Rubega. I'll never even have them in conversation and say, Carla, I never thought this could ever happen because there will never be a conversation of happening in my life. I know how much he loves me. I'm past, for the Bible tells me so. No. I've gone beyond for the Bible. No. I have experienced for myself the love of God that passes mere knowledge without experience. He's talking about that thing where you feel it that and so when crisis comes first thing I say God you love me enough to take me out of this I don't know how you'll take me if it is chastisement you'll chastise me with love if it is rebuke love will be there hallelujah if it is correction it will come with jam and butter but you'll get me out you'll get me out and every time you're convinced of God's love for you, it's amazing the things he starts to do in your life. You know, recently somebody phoned me and he told me, the apostle Jesus loves you. God loves you, you man. You see how everything is working for you? Ministry, what, 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 what? You understand? The disciple whom Jesus loved. And I told this brother, I'm simply responding. Silly not choice. Tell your neighbor. Wake up in the morning and look at that mirror and say, Naye Viola, God loves you. Wake up in the morning and say, John, God loves you. 
Mark. God loves you. No. This guy is saying because of what they're seeing. They don't know. We, were, we affirmed that love when we're on border borders. You could cough and then you see blood on you and say, oh, thank you, Jesus, because you love me. Because we know that nothing shall separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ. There are people in this world who are conscious of God's love for them and consequently respond to that love. And there are people in this world who don't even know how much God loves them and they look for it and admire those who appear like God loves more. But the Bible says, but Jesus, it's in John, I think 11. The Bible says, Jesus loved Martha, verse 5. He loved her sister and Lazarus. He says, but Jesus loved Martha. He loved Mary and Lazarus. And what is the word there for love? Agape. He loved them all the same. But then they come to him and they say, the one who you love does die. Are you hearing me? There are some who die and they don't come back because they're not convinced of God's love toward them. Martha was never convinced of Jesus' love for her and the love for Lazarus. Oh, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Oh, that's what he said. Don't worry, I'll raise him. No, 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 no. Of course, I, you'll raise him that day, the other day. She, she doesn't understand the love. That can find a man four days in a tomb and get him out. She says, yeah, 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 yeah. I know that you'll raise him on that day. That one I know. But if you had been here. But he said his sickness shall not end in death. Oh, but he has died. So what? Does he love you less? He doesn't love you less because you're dead four days. No. He loves you more. It shall end in the glory of God. And true to form, the stone is rolled away. And Lazarus comes out because he's convinced of the love God has towards him. Mary is convinced of the love God has towards her. Martha questions Agape. Yet he Agape, Lazarus, Martha, and Mary. Listen, there are people in this world you look at and they look like for them everything is happening for them. And then you'll also look at yourself and think for you everything is working against you. This is the simplest difference between you and those people. They are conscious of how much God loves them and they celebrate his love for them. And as they are celebrating his love for them, they are simply responding to him. And things happen for them. Then you see somebody, because they lost a small thing, they are all down, they want to die, and they, could, they don't want to leave. And you look at them and you're like, but Bambi, some of us have seen worse. And we are still preaching the gospel. Oh, maybe because we've also not told you about the other part. Let me tell you why we don't tell you about the other part. Because even in that other part, we were sure he loved us. Somebody shout hallelujah. Do you agape me? It's not in the reality that you love him, but that he loved you. And as you respond to his love, you love him. You agape him. You can only agape responding to agape. If you are loving without the revelation of agape, you are phileoing. What you have for Jesus is brotherly love. 
It is a fondness that a brother would have for another brother. It's not yet in the deepest revelation of God. Every time you wake up, regardless of whatever is happening in your life, be convinced and content that God loves you with the very love that he loved Jesus. You will start to see your body heal. You'll start to see your finances raised. You'll start to see your ministry get to line. Your business will get in order. Your children will get in line. Everything that pertains to you, the miracles will increase. Why? Because it is a sign of love. Somebody shout hallelujah. Can you raise your hands and thank him for his love toward you? Lord of creation, there at the start for the beginning of time. With no point of reference, you spoke to the dark, flashed out the wonder of life. Come on, somebody help me. And as you speak, a hundred billion galaxies above, in the vapor of your breath, the planets fall. If the stars were made to worship so I can see your heart in everything you've done. Every burning star signifies If creation sings your praise, so will I. So and you're out there. If you're sick in your body, touch wherever it's painting. I feel the healing power of God present. Right now in the name of Jesus, every spirit of infirmity and disease is living right now. Incurable diseases are healing right now because of God's love. Broken relationships are mending right now because of God's love. Somebody's getting a job. Somebody's getting restored. Somebody's ministry is being aligned right now. Somebody's loved one in hospital is getting healed right now. 
because you're convinced of God's love for you, receive your healing, receive your deliverance, receive your breakthrough, receive your answer. Your days ahead are good. Your days are mighty and strong. You're more than a conqueror by Christ which strengthens. Put up your hands, everyone. May you know God through the revelation of agape. May the fullness of God engulf you tonight. I declare and I declare that may the anointing and the measure of the presence of God like you've never seen on your life come upon you now in the mighty name of Jesus. May you be filled with all the fullness of God. May you walk as a body flooded full of God himself carrying the richest measure I, uh, something is falling something is falling I see an anointing separating you for great things great ministry, great glory great increase great multiplication receive it in Jesus mighty name listen I speak this under this anointing and tell you some of you you're going to see miracles like you've never seen. Receive it. Receive it. May you hear testimonies coming out of your spirit like you've never read anywhere. Thank you Holy Ghost. Give your Lord a mighty hand of praise. If you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus God is love and that is why he sent his only begotten son for God so agape the world that he gave his only son Jesus that whosoever believeth in him they should not perish not would they should not perish but have eternal life so if you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're going to repeat these words after me. Say these words. Say God, I thank you for Jesus. Thank you for sending him for me. And today, I believe in my heart that Jesus is the Son of God and that he gave his life for me and he was raised for my glory. Tonight I'm born again. He's Lord. Jesus is Lord and Savior of my life. Amen. The message you have just heard was brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number 041-466-4291 or email us at fenerocompala at gmail.com. You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at Uma Multipurpose Hall from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. You can also catch the live stream at livestream.com slash Fenero. Finero, make manifest.